Welcome to the Healthy Hormones for Women podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Gladish, online nutritionist, weight loss coach, and hormone fixer-upper. I'm excited to bring you a weekly dose of information and inspiration, sharing with you simple and effective strategies from health, wealth, and all things personal growth. Get ready to become the master of your hormones and experience vibrant health to live a life of more power and possibility. Welcome back, everybody. Hope you are doing amazing. We skipped an episode last week because I was sick. I didn't have COVID. I had this like brutal head cold, which kind of turned more into like allergies. I think just the change in weather triggered some allergies in me. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, I had some on and off issues with histamine and like histamine intolerance um, and just getting triggered by certain environmental toxins, which had never happened to me before. And so it was like two days of just this head congestion and like itchy eyes, itchy throat, sore throat, kind of lost my voice a little bit. And um, it just wasn't pretty. And you probably wouldn't have wanted to listen to me on a podcast anyways, because it didn't sound very pretty. So I had to skip last week, but I'm back in full force. And a few things that I'm actually now incorporating into my daily routine I've been adding in some quercetin, and I don't even know if I'm totally pronouncing that right. I feel like I can never fully pronounce that word. Uh, but quercetin is basically a flavonoid, and it is and a really potent antioxidant that's great for supporting the body against inflammation. It really helps to support immune cells. It can also assist in tissue repair, and it really helps to reduce histamine levels. So if you are a seasonal allergy sufferer, you are definitely going to want to get yourself some quercetin. And uh, it's just a really, really powerful and very potent and, and really helpful. So I know that feeling of suffering with stuffy nose and itchy eyes and watery eyes and the whole thing. It totally sucks. And so I'm currently doing two capsules of quercetin a day. I'm using the one from Canprev. They have a 500 milligram dose. So I've just been doing two caps. Uh, well, basically one capsule twice a day in divided doses and um, highly recommend it. And you can pick up Canprev. If you're in Canada, Canprev, you can find it at pretty much any local health food store. Um, they, they're sold all across Canada. But if you're in the US and you're looking to get your hands on some Canprev, there are some great online stores, Nature Source, Natural Nutrition, uh, Well.ca. These are some places that you can find Canprev products. And uh, like I said, if you need some histamine support and allergy support, quercetin is, is definitely where it's at. And then while I was you know, sick and under the weather. Another thing that I had included is the immunity support from Organifi. So they have these little packets that you can just add into your water and they taste delicious, kind of like orange, uh, kind of like you're just drinking orange juice. And they have um, lots of amazing ingredients in there, like acerola cherry, which is super high in vitamin C. There's uh, ginger in there, which is so great for the immune system. There is orange in there. And there's turmeric, acacia fiber. What else? There's olive leaf extract, which is a really powerful herb for immune health. There's zinc. They sweeten it with a little bit of monk fruit, and they also use a vegan vitamin D in there as well. And then another awesome ingredient that they have in there is mushroom beta-glucan. And 
This has come specifically from Rishi, and beta-glucans have been basically shown to modulate the immune system. And, you know, there's been decades of research and development that's revealed how beta-glucans can just be, can be just as effective as traditional antibiotics. So um, not to say that you need to replace your antibiotics, of course, always speak with your healthcare practitioner. But it's really powerful. And so I was using a lot of the immunity support from Organifi. And if you want to try that yourself, you can head on over to OrganifiShop.com. Our coupon code will save you 15% off any of the Organifi products. And uh, that coupon code is Healthy Hormones. Just enter that at checkout and get yourself some immunity. It's a really, really great product. I was using the powdered. So they come in like little sachets and you just mix it into your water. And then they also have of the Organifi Critical Immune Support Capsules. So you can do either one. I was using the um, the powder. It was just nice to mix it into my water and, and drink my water and, and a great way to stay hydrated as I was trying to heal my throat and my sore throat and all of that. So um, yeah, that's what I was up to last week. I really wasn't up to very much and had to really spend some time just resting. And as an entrepreneur, oh my God, like, it was, I was learning a lot about myself last week, just so, I was like so irritated and irritable and just like in this headspace of like, but I should do this and I need to do that and I need to clean the house and I need to get back to these emails and I need to do that. And to be quite honest, that sort of mentality just, it made it worse and it made the recovery process that much longer. Um, so I don't recommend you do it. And you know, it's it's hard. It's easier said than done, right? And it's just such a it's such a mental reframe to recognize that like your body needs rest and you need to slow down and um nothing is an emergency is is always what I remind myself. And so it, it took a couple of days to just kind of get into that headspace of like, okay, I need to really just chill out here and shut everything off and and stay off my computer and, and just chill out. And, you know, it's also like one of those things when I'm on vacation, and maybe you experience this too, like when you're on vacation, it takes you a few days to just kind of like chill out and settle in. And then maybe by like day four, you're like, okay, I'm, this is great. And then it comes time to leave and you're just so not ready to leave. So that's why seven day vacations just don't cut it for me anymore. And I need like 10 plus days at, at the most, um, two weeks for sure, maybe three or four, or like going to Costa Rica for six months, something like that. I don't know. I just know that when I travel now, seven days just definitely doesn't cut it. All right. So before we dive into our episode today, I do just quickly want to mention that we have our spring detox that is currently open for registration. We close it in just a few days and we kick off our community detox starting together on Monday, April 19th. So this is a community detox that really is about resetting the gut and really focusing on optimizing gut health, healing the gut lining, introducing some really gentle and simple everyday liver detox strategies because both the liver and the gut are very much interconnected with our hormones. So if you're really looking for hormone support with PMS or PCOS, if you're dealing with menopause and have a lot of hot flashes, of course, if you're dealing with a lot of skin issues, so much of that, of that is related to gut and the liver. And then if you're dealing with gut issues, 
from bloating, indigestion, gas, constipation, then the spring detox is really going to be fantastic for you. So it's a four-week program. You can head on over to holisticwellness.ca forward slash spring detox program. I've been sharing about it all over on Instagram. And uh, there's links there where you can you can grab, grab the link to the detox. And it's cheap and cheerful. It's a four-week program. We're hooking you up with so much great resources and content, uh, content a full supplement protocol for healing the gut, and a two-week meal plan that's all focused on gut healing and liver support and optimizing hormones. There are four weekly live classes that we're teaching. Um, We've got Coach Lauren who works with me over at Holistic Wellness. She is our other amazing coach that works with all of our clients. Uh, She'll be teaching weekly live classes every Monday night that are all recorded, diving into gut health, diving into liver detoxification, diving into hormone testing, gut testing, what that all looks like, supplementation, lifestyle strategies, We're also going to talk about beauty care and essential oils and just cleaning up your external environment. And then I'll be going live in the Facebook group, doing Q&A, diving into more about beauty care and essential oils and sharing some more detox strategies and what that all looks like and answering your questions. Um, It's just a really great four-week reset. So if you're feeling like you just need a community of support and you want to feel feel really great for the upcoming months and summer and get outside and get your energy back and help with any hormone issues that you're dealing with or gut issues that you're dealing with, then uh, it's amazing what four weeks can really do for you. So I'm really excited to kick that off uh, officially as a community on the 19th and registration closes on the 16th. So again, the URL is holisticwellness.ca forward slash spring detox program. So come join us there. All right, so let's dive into our episode today. I'm really excited for it. I am interviewing Dr. Janine Kraus. She's a naturopathic doctor, acupuncturist, and podcaster who specializes in helping ladies simplify their health, fitness, nutrition, and stress management routines so they can enjoy their life to the fullest. She loves educating on how stress interferes with the ability to be consistent with health and fitness routines, cope with trauma, manage pain, and move forward in life. She's on a mission to change the current healthcare model to one that focuses on health transformation, empowerment, and community support. And when not in her office or on her podcast, you can find Dr. Kraus out in nature or whipping up a new recipe in her kitchen or reading a book curled up with her dog, which I absolutely love. So she loves needles, aka acupuncture. So we do talk a lot about acupuncture today and just traditional Chinese medicine and how acupuncture can be really beneficial for supporting your body and supporting circulation in the body and just getting blood flow and helping different organs in the body. We also dive into just some dietary principles that are traditional in in the Chinese medicine culture. We also talk about cupping and what cupping can do for your health and your vitality and energy. We talk about the effects of stress on hormones. We also talk about circulation, being that so many of us are working from home and sitting a lot, you know, simple everyday things that we can do to boost circulation, as well as simple strategies that we can incorporate every day to really help lower stress and really put our body into that parasympathetic mode. So it's a really amazing episode. I hope you enjoy it. Let's dive in. Hi, Janine. Welcome to the podcast. I'm really excited to have you with me today. Well, thank you. This is going to be fun. Can't wait to answer some of your questions. Yes, it's going to be really, really great. And before we dive in, I would love it if you could share with our audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do. 
So yeah, I'm a naturopathic doctor. I'm an acupuncturist and host of the Health Fix podcast. And I love all things acupuncture and needles. It sounds kind of creepy, but I found like how useful it is for the body. And, and it's just, I'm on fire with it. I'm like, what can I do? How can I stick needles in you and help your body to make change? Because I find that most of us struggle to make change on our own. So having something that can nudge you a little bit and also you know, keep you relaxed for about 60 minutes because you have needles and you're not going anywhere. Great tool to help folks chill out. So that's a little bit about me and my background. Amazing. And like, how did you even get interested in naturopathic medicine and needles and all of that? What, how did that start? So it was, it, it wasn't, it was kind of like an accident. I think I, I approach it this way. My mom was dealing with cancer and she was seeing a naturopath and an acupuncturist to help her out with some side effects of chemo. And I was 15 at the time. And I just really wanted to use my driver's permit. And so I knew that I could hustle my mom to let me drive her to all these things. So I thought, well, you know, I'll just keep going with her. Well, turns out I got a lesson of a lifetime <laughs> in addition. And really her, it was, it was her acupuncturist that really got me excited about natural medicine and really excited about needles. He, he took me around and showed me, you know, this needles for this, this needle does that, this is what happens. And then I also just saw how amazing she felt afterwards and the difference between chemo brain and just being so dragging after sure. chemo. And then it was like a whole new person. It was like, she came to life. And I would also sit in the, the lobby and see other people coming out and everyone kind of has this look after acupuncture that I call AccuStoned. You're just like floating. And I would see all these people and I'd be like, wow, this is amazing. So finally I got to try it. And then I was like, okay, that's it. I, I need to know how to do this. So it went from there. And then the naturopathic medicine came along because I kind of started to just interview my mom's naturopaths and be like, well, what else can I do with this natural medicine stuff? How can I incorporate it? So here I that's am. That's amazing. So that's a great story. So you started so at 15, you got intrigued by it. And then by the time you like went to school, naturopathic school and all of that, like how many years later was that? Oh my gosh. So yeah, I had undergrad. So, so I did pre-med biology because I, I still, you know, it wasn't, there was still this like, do I want to be a manager of a ski resort? Because I'm <laughs> in the back of my mind, I'm like, I really love skiing. I was like, I could easily be a ski mom, but yet this, this other part of me pulls me this direction. Right. So I, I bounced, you know, around in my head, even though I had it kind of like, I knew kind of what I was going to do. So yeah, I did pre-med biology undergrad. And then I literally took a year off to just kind of goof off, relax, make sure it was really what I wanted to do. And then I, I went to Bastyr when I was 21 and just went on from there, graduated when I was 28. And here I am. Amazing. I love that. That's so great. Thanks for sharing that with us. So, it, you know, I should probably share that I recently just started getting acupuncture. And when you said AccuStone, it's <laughs> so true. I do leave those appointments just feeling super like blissful. I can't even explain it. Yeah. It's just this calm feeling, really blissful. And it was just one of those things. One of my girlfriends actually is a Chinese medicine practitioner and she's been doing, you know, acupuncture in this for years. And I just never thought twice about it. And then it wasn't until recently where I was like, I just, I just had this like intuitive, you know, this gut feeling of like, you should go do that. And so so I did. And, you know, I make a commitment now twice a week to go get acupuncture. And I literally, I do feel totally blissed out. And 
she puts like binaural beats on while you're in the room and puts like a infrared heat lamp over my stomach. And I'm just sitting there. It's twice a week where I literally have like a 40 minute nap. That's, and that's what I was talking about. That's what I think a lot of people could use just the 40 minute nap. I mean, (laughs) the needles do things, but there is some, some value in that, that minute, that 40 minute nap of literally getting you to slow down and, and just really connect with your body a little bit more. And, and yeah, all the endorphins and the, the, from the needles, uh, the the AccuStone is, is a nice little side. Yeah. That's a great term. I love that. So let's dive into acupuncture and talk about it in more detail, the benefits, what is it really like, what are these needles doing to us? And I'm sure a lot of people who are listening who haven't had acupuncture before are like, that must hurt. I'm sitting there on a table and like, I have these needles in my body. Like this must be painful. Yeah. The number, the number one question I get is, does it hurt? Number two is what do the needles look like? So, I mean, they're needles, but they're, they're solid needles. They're not like what most of us have been traumatized with, with blood draw needles. Right. They're not going to suck anything out of you. They're literally solid needles. So think about sewing needles, but with the caveat, sewing needles are even bigger. So we're talking small, tiny needles. If anyone's familiar with gauge sizes, we're looking at most acupuncturists will go somewhere between 32 and 36 in terms of the gauges. Some folks who are over in China and Asia, they'll use some of the 29, 30s. Let's just put it this way. As North American folks, it's a little bit different for us to handle some of that hardcore (laughs) movement. So the needles, we, we put them in. And when you put the needle in, what it's going to do is it's going to get blood flow to where you put the needle in. So the body's going to be like, oh, I have something in me. All right, I should respond to it. And the response is we're going to get some endorphin release. So that's where the AccuStone comes from. But we're also getting some circulation movement because the body's got to respond. Anytime we bump our elbow into into a corner of a door or something of that nature, we get blood flow because the body's like, ooh, what was that? Let's respond. Right. When we get blood flow, we get things like vitamins, minerals, electrolytes, like sodium, potassium, chloride moving. And so a lot of people talk about this chi business. And and for a lot of people, that sounds kind of woo and weird. But all it really is, is the movement of electrolytes within your skin, because we are electrical creatures. And this sodium, potassium, chloride, they all have ions and they start to move. So you might feel like ants crawling sensation. You might feel a little bit of a throbbing. Have you felt that? A little bit. Yeah, a little bit for sure. Yeah. I know a lot of people are like, I need to feel everything. I'm like, okay, hold on. We got to like, basically as my spiel in my office is your body's got to figure out like, who is this chick and why is she sticking needles in yeah. first? <laughs> and after that's established and it's like, oh, I like this. Then you start to feel little twinges sometimes. And and when and folks, when I say twinges, it's not like you're going to have this like electrical sharp pain. Oh, totally. If that does happen during acupuncture, we move the needle. We're not there to torture you. Yes. I mean, we we do have a margin of error of millimeters because there's capillaries and there's tiny little nerve networks. We For know sure. where all the big ones are. We're not going to do anything crazy. It's not going to be like a Kill Bill movie. Um, <laughs> there, you know, a lot of people will ask me like, does blood spurt everywhere when you take the needle out? No, no. sometimes they don't even bleed. Sometimes you'll get like a little dab and, and we, we got you covered there. And sometimes, yes, you will bruise from acupuncture. It should not be something horrific. A lot of times we just get close to a little vessel or sometimes it's an area where there's some stuck blood that got stuck, say, in a muscle because you had an injury at one time. And we can kind of get things to come to the surface, which is, is pretty cool. So that's kind of the basics of acupuncture covering the first two questions of how big are the needles and does it really hurt? No, it shouldn't hurt. And if you have it where you're going in and it's hurting, 
there's some things we need to think about because sometimes it's a matter of either changing things up and not even using needles because we have things like tuning forks and acupressure that we can use too. So there's lots of tools. You don't have to go into acupuncture and always get needles. You have other options. Awesome. Okay. That's really cool to know. Yeah. I often, um, like it's definitely not painful uh, and I barely feel anything. If I do feel anything, it's, it's the needles that go into like my hands, yes. like around like my thumb or something like that. Yeah. Cause, cause I'm also like, I'm moving. Sometimes I like move my hand slightly and then I'm like, oh yeah, there's a needle there. And then like the needle kind of budges and like might, you know, touch a little nerve or something. You'd like feel it there, but it's so minimal. Like it's so minimal. Yeah. So, um, and it's also just such a practice of like stillness. Yes. Yes, it is. It is because a lot of us really want to wiggle a lot. And with the needles, like folks, you can move you. I just tell folks you robot a little bit. And that one in your hand, yes, if you twist your hand, you're going to feel it because yeah. it is it is going into the muscle. I think a lot of people do ask me that too. Like how far do the needles go in? And it really depends on where I'm at in, in your body. If I'm treating your glute muscle, so your butt muscle, I might right. go in three to five inches into the muscle. Right. But if I'm treating, you know, say we got the hand, which is one of the, the most moving points in the body or the top of the foot, which I'm sure you've had. Yes. Too, yeah. We're only going in a quarter of an inch because we don't want to be going too far into those points unless we're actually treating that muscle or something of that nature. Right. Very so, cool. Yeah. I'm thinking about that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's it definitely for me, like I'm such a, like, I just move. I move all the time. Even I'm sitting watching a movie. It's like, I'm moving this position. I'm moving this position. So just like my nervous system is just constantly over firing is constantly going. And so for me, those two appointments a week is just such this reminder of like, breathe, relax. And like, just as this is your opportunity to practice stillness, like to really calm your nervous system. And yeah, so I love it. I love it. So you deal with a lot of stress in your practice. Mm -hmm. Let's, let's, let's dive into that and the effect of stress on hormones and even how acupuncture can come in and, and play a role here too and be, be supportive. Yeah. Yeah. So effect of stress on hormones. I mean, one of the things, if, if I translate it into a little bit of Chinese medicine, because I love how Chinese medicine more or less helps explain us stuff to us when we just don't have a great explanation because taking something like hormones and taking stress, we know that cortisol is our big, you know, stress hormone. And we know that that messes with total body function and our ability to have periods and our ability to, you know, have a healthy period for that matter. Right. And then there's stress, anxiety, et cetera, that goes with it. Well, when we look at it in the terms of what does stress do to us, it puts us in a stuck mode. It will tend to get the shoulders creeping up. We'll start to wear them as earrings. We'll end up feeling like sometimes we're like clenching our hands and our jaws will wake up in the middle of the night and be like, what in the world is going on? In the Chinese world, that's that's stuck blood. It's mm. contraction. And if you're if you're anyone's into hearing a lot of, of the metaphysical types of things, we'll talk a lot about contraction when we are not in a state of flow. Stress literally contracts us. We armadillo, as I call it, and we mm-hmm. protect ourselves from whatever's trying to get to us. Right. So the concept here in terms of acupuncture, but also in terms of hormones, is we're trying to get blood flow going. And for a lot of people with stress, it can go a couple different ways. You can end up stopping a period. And so we're not getting blood flow, right? Because at, at the, the end point of that, it's not getting the blood flow going. How do we not get the blood flow? We're not getting the signaling from the brain to the adrenal glands. 
Right. Same thing goes with like, if we've got a period that someone's super stressed out and it's super heavy and it's clotty, those clots are considered blood not moving in another aspect right? as well. So I like to look at stress and effect on hormones as need to help the body with circulation of blood in multiple different ways. Because as we know, stress affects the gut too. And gut's going to inherently how we get our nutrients to create the blood that we're going to lose for our period each month. So it's a lot of looking into what ways is the body contracted with the stress effect on it. And I work a lot with folks in terms of progesterone Mm. because (laughs) progesterone is kind of the thing. And and for those of you who are listening, depending on where you are in your spectrum of learning about the hormones, the body will steal the precursors to progesterone to make cortisol and cortisol being our flight or flight hormone. We will often find that the more stressed out we get, we can't sleep. And for a lot of people, the more stressed out you get, the more you can't sleep close to the period. So I have period vampires in my office. And, and, and so we talk about howling at the moon and we talk about vampiring. And, and for folks, this is, this is like an extreme form of stuck blood when I look at it Chinese wise. And so we can use acupuncture near the uterus, near the ovaries. We can put needles in that area to help the body regulate. We even have points in our ears that can help the hormones regulate and try to get that blood flow going. Now, I love to have people come into the office either like ovulation time or like the week before the period. I don't like to do too much during the week of the period because I want the body to do its thing. Mm -hmm. But if I can get at it a little bit to get flow going beforehand, that's kind of how I will approach it when I'm like, okay, let's regulate these hormones. That's really fascinating. I love that. And so- in terms of, because you mentioned, you know, using like Chinese medicine, of course, which acupuncture is a part of that. From a dietary perspective, mm-hmm. how does Chinese dietary principles differ from what we hear about just traditional dietary interventions? And like, what what's the difference there? Really, the biggest thing is hot and cold principles. Mm. So we're looking at Around the cycle, like mid-cycle to the start of the period, there's a lot of talk about staying warm and keeping things warmer for the body, kind of spicier, spicing it up. So thinking of your cycle in terms of the two parts, the gluteal phase and and having that phase be the one where you're warming up because luteal phase being mid-cycle to the start of the next one, and then follicular phase being period to mid-cycle, that one where we can have a little bit cooling food. That's the time if you want ice cream, that's where you go with your ice cream. Mid-cycle to to the start of the period, there's a lot of talk about making sure that things are sautéed, like all your veggies are steamed a little bit, blanched, sautéed, something of that nature. So you're not getting that cold, contracted food put into the body. And and also like another thing I see is the big smoothie phase, which I love smoothies. Mm -hmm. And it's great, but unfortunately, a lot of us are dumping in like cold like almond milk from the fridge and we're taking like ice cubes and putting in there and frozen berries. And now we've got a good ice bomb for our gut. And it, and it makes things worse when you don't have that. When that cold gets in there, we're not absorbing nutrients like we should. So the idea here is to work on warming things. So just not eating raw foods at this time, which sorry, raw foods diet folks, it's (laughs) some, Yes. Sometimes you really <laughs> got to think about it, how you can warm things up. So ginger, cinnamon, totally. clove, 
you know, using your spices during that second half of the period too. And then also thinking about different types of, of seeds that can help. So similar to seed cycling, which a lot of folks will talk about, but the mm-hmm. sesame seeds and the sunflower seeds for the second half of the cycle, and then pumpkin, chia, flax mm-hmm. for the first half. So Chinese medicine also does kind of embrace that. And there's also a lot of embracing a little bit different from traditional is, is a little bit more of red meat after you have your period or during your period. So you can replace the nutrients that are lost. Right. Like your iron and Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if you're, if you are, you know, most Asian practitioners are like vegetarian. Why? You know, I, I actually was vegetarian from seven years old till 24 when I, when I was at Bastyr. Wow. Well, my mom just didn't know how to cook meat very well. I, <laughs> I learned that as, as an older adult, I was like, oh, so you don't marinate every meat in Italian dressing and cook it in the microwave. Oh, that's where we went wrong. Darn it. Okay. Yeah. I was, I was a kid of the eighties. The microwave was a big deal. My mom was like impressed with it. She was a working mom and you know, that's what she would do. And my dad hunted. So we had a lot of deer meat, but I didn't know that. I kind of didn't know the difference between steak and venison. And I, once again, Italian dressing was my mom's marinade. To this day, I can't do it. I can't do it, but it makes me laugh because it's, it is something that I, I was vegetarian for all that time and I was having period problems and I was having all these issues. And, and the docs uh, that I was working with at Bastyr where I went to school, they were like, yeah, you kind of need some meat around your period, or you've got to be really good at eating beets and eating the dark leafies and, and the black beans. Cause that's a huge thing. Um, recommendation in the Chinese medicine world. That's kind of right. the same as, as regular um, nutrition world, but yeah. So pretty similar. It's the hot and cold thing. That that just differs a little bit. And then in terms of like water, cold water, warm water, does like should we still follow that during half of the first half of the cycle cold and then second half warm? Or like should it always be like a warm or room temperature water? The Chinese principles are going to say should always be room temperature. Okay. And then warmer things as you get closer to the cycle because the cold's just kind of going to slow slow things down for sure yes yeah and i mean i'm always drawn to room temperature water anyways if it's super cold i'm just like no it's not for me um and even like seasonally too right during the winter months i'm just not drawn to make smoothies or have a raw salad like i need it to be warm and cooked or sauteed or yeah it's just i'm naturally more drawn to that and then as the seasons change and the more sun and the weather is warmer, I'm more inclined to like eat a salad or yeah, something like that. So yeah, yeah. It's really going with what you feel because I think a lot of people will notice the seasonal changes. Now, granted, there are people that are just like, I love salads all the time. You know, that's what I want to do. So I'm like, okay, well, think about putting ginger, fresh ginger in your salad dressing. Think about, you know, walnuts are considered warming. You know, what kind of things could you do? Could you put a piece of warm, you know, chicken on your salad or doing a little bit of tofu, something of that nature that can warm things up? I like that. Okay. That's a really great tip. So what are some ways, just like some everyday strategies and ways that we can help to support stress, lower stress, and just really put our body into that parasympathetic mode? In terms of the parasympathetic, the first and foremost thing is really taking time to slow down a little bit. 
I think too many of us, myself included, and, and a lot of where I'm coming from is mistakes I've made along the way, because I'm, I'm here talking about stress because I put myself in a position where I literally could not get off the ground one day in a parking garage in my office because I was frozen because my body was like, don't make me go in there. I don't Aww. want to deal with this anymore. And so right. I found that I had to slow down and I have patients coming in and they're like, okay, I can only do 40 minutes of acupuncture because I have an appointment at three 15 and I got to be here and I got to be there. And you're like, right. oh my gosh. So first things first, you know, working on your schedule, looking at where can you put in a break and it doesn't have to be an hour and it doesn't have to be meditation. Cause I see a lot of eyes roll when I say, well, can, can we take a break? They're like, I'm not meditating. <laughs> I'm not telling you to do that. I'm right. telling folks do something fun. A lot of us adults, we forget that we once were kids and that we legitimately deserve to have fun. I have a hula hoop in my office. I have a <laughs> soccer ball in my office. I mean, I have all kinds of gadgets to, to help me have fun during the day. I even have some like adult fidget toy things that with your fingers, you could do yep. all kinds of little magnets and stuff. Cool. It's, it's just like a five minute break to slow down. The mm -hmm. other big thing that I really want folks to think about is if you do get stressed out, if something's really kind of your thing during the day that you've noticed over and over again, this certain sequence, okay, write it down and figure out what you can do about that sequence. Because most of the time when we're getting stressed out, there's a need that we have that's not getting met. One, it's being heard. Two, it might be that we do need a break. That was always my big one. Three, it might be that you're hungry or you need, you know, water or something super basic. So, so exploring yourself a little bit more because if you need to eat, which we all kind of do. Yeah. One of the big things about eating is that most of us will be like shoveling it in really fast and then on to the next thing or sitting sure. at your desk and shovel it in. We need to take a minute, like, 60 seconds at the most, which obviously is a minute, we can count that down and do that before you put food in. That gives your body the sensation that, okay, nothing's going to get me. I can slow down. And now I'm eating and now I'm inducing parasympathetic mode. So not skipping meals because you're stressed, taking the time to slow down and eat, not driving while you're eating, not working, nothing on the run. And the other big culprit is standing at the kitchen sink eating. <laughs> totally. <which is> <laughs> <laughs> Guilty, yep. um, for sure. But these are things to, to think about where you can interject a little bit of chill during your day. If you're someone that works out, this is another big thing that I find because I work with a lot of athletes. You do your workout and then you just boom, go on to life. Right. You need that set between workout and life. So you're bringing your breath down. So I often will have people lay on the floor. And so we're laying on the floor and you've got your hips in a 90, your knees in a 90 and your late. So your legs are on a chair, literally. Okay. And you're laying there five minutes, just, just breathing. If you have a watch that monitors your heart rate, if you know what your base heart rate is, if you can get between 10, 15 points of that baseline heart rate after your workout, then you've got yourself into parasympathetic mode and told your body that there's no more stressor to come. It is all over. And the more intense the workout is, the more important this is for someone. So if you're into HIIT workouts and you're doing them, a lot of them regularly, I'm talking to you, <laughs> please tell your body that, that that HIIT workout's over. I could go into a little, you know, why you shouldn't be doing that every single day mm -hmm. kind of thing because it does wear your body out. 
But for for what we're talking about right now, in terms of interjecting some calm, you do want to consider some parasympathetic breathing. The other big thing, just like putting that like time out and, and like hard stop on workout, you also need the hard stop from work. So many people right now Agreed. don't have the differentiation between work and home because so many people are working home. Yes. At home right now. So having the hard stop on work, shutting the computer down from work, doing your thing, but doing what you like to do. I think it's it's kind of sad. I'll ask a lot of adults these days, like, hey, what do you do for fun? And, and, and I get like crickets. They're like <laughs> so looking true. at me like, what? And I'm like, no, really, you had a you had a kid inside you at one time. Mm-hmm. How can we bring this kid out and play a little bit more and and do that in the evenings? And so thinking really about your evenings as reconnecting with yourself and having fun, connect with your family, play with your kids, you know, if kids get the dog, the, you know, friends, whatever, and, and really spend some time chilling. Cause I think a lot of us unfortunately have lost that ability to stop moving and just breathe for a minute. It's so true. Yeah. Like when I turn my computer off after my work day, I'm like, I need to just go like lie on the bed for 10 minutes or something or on the couch and the cat or the dog or something. And just like, I I need that space. I can't just go dive right into the next thing. Um, It's kind of like a a bit of a reset point Um, where I like take the dog out for a walk. Like I I need a physical like break between the two. Like, okay, this is done Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I break and then I can move, move on to the next thing. So I'm so glad you said that. It's huge because I think part of the issue that a lot of us have right now is that we are running marathons during the day. Mm-hmm. Whether we we realize it or not, our mind is going and going and going. If we don't tell it that the, that you're not going to keep running that marathon and that it's over, then your body's not able to recover effectively each day, let alone from workouts. Totally. So yeah. So I'd love for you to dive into the HIT training. Mm-hmm. Um, and and why we shouldn't be doing that every day. It's such an important topic because I know there are women listening to this who have that feeling of like, if I'm not pushing or like dripping in sweat, then my workout is useless. Yeah. So yeah, I'd love for you to expand on that. So I'm a recovering, I'm a recovering marathon slash hit slash CrossFit addict. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason being is because I was doing all these things and not seeing results and wondering why my weight's going up. And so what I did was I would cut my calories and then work harder, mm-hmm. which I find most of the time in my office, I've got gals being like, yeah, but I'm doing hit workouts seven days a week. I'm like, what? Seven? <laughs> yeah. And, and what you're eating 500 calories? Like what in the world is going on here? And they're like, yeah, I keep gaining weight. Well, Yes, because your body doesn't get out of a catabolic state, so a breakdown state. And so I'll have folks being like, well, I'm gaining a lot of fat. My, you know, my cellulite's getting bigger and bigger. Like, what do I do? Well, what happens here when you push your heart rate up to the higher limits? So for example, I'm talking when heart rates go over 165, 170, depending on your age. If you're in your 20s, we're talking 170s up. If you're in my like 40s, like me, we're talking 165s and so. And anytime you put that heart rate up like that, you are asking your body a lot, especially in this world where we live, where we're all quite stressed. And then you do that hit workout and then you just go on to life, right? You just go right and go take your shower. You don't give that hard stop to tell your body that hit workouts over your heart rate's going to stay elevated for quite some time. Now we've been told, oh, that's great for fat burning. And if you don't eat for like another hour or two after that fat burning is going to be even better not the case when you're doing this day in day out and you're not telling your body like, Hey, 
there's a hard stop on this. Now, I will have people do HIIT workouts once a week, and I call it a development day. That's like your day where whatever you want to do, you're going to push it to limits. But then the next day, you need to have a rebound or recovery day so that your body knows that this HIIT workout isn't going to happen every day. Because ultimately, our caveman brains think like the cheetah's about to get us, the cheetah's about to get us. And then the next day, it's like got away from that, but we got to keep the cortisol up because it might come back. And then it's like, she just going to get us again. And so these, these workouts are depleting you. They're breaking down your muscle. They're not benefiting you. And I understand from the bottom of my heart, how it hard it is to get the weight off. Once the weight goes on and you're, you're thinking that you need to work harder and cut calories more. It's not the case. You need to actually chill out more, which sounds insane. I know, (laughs) but it really does. It really does work. And, and I will challenge people every single time to consider it that way. And so what I typically will do with workouts is we'll have that day of the hit, but typically before the hit workout, I will have a day. So like, for example, if we talk about a training week on a Monday, I'm going to do something called a stimulation day. And that's where we get the heart rate between one, 130, 150, 155 in that range. So you're stimulating every single part of your body. You're telling your body we're doing this workout. You do that 30, 60 minutes, then you're like, okay, hard stop. Tell the, do the parasympathetic breathing, tell your body it's over. Then the next day you do the development day. Then the following day you do a recovery type of workout. That's 120, 130, 140 on the high end. And you could do 30, 60 minutes there. And then the next day, go back to stimulation day, development day. And, and see how you do. If it seems that it's not working out in that range, then take out both of the cycles. So what you would do is you would do a day where you stimulate the body. Then you do a day where development, that's your hit day. Then you rebound, which is your relaxing kind of day. And then you take a day off and then repeat the cycle and see how that goes too. Mm-hmm. So there's a little bit of finesse to playing with it, but it's, it goes a long way. And knowing your heart rate, your heart rate variability, if you have any devices to, to monitor that, it's yes. huge. Like the Aura Ring or even yep. there's something called the M5, the Morpheus app. You can do that. And, and it goes a, a long way to know your readiness score. Because if your body's not recovered from the day before and you try to push it, you're going to break down muscle and you're not going to get the results. For sure. You know, this makes me think of my Orange Theory days. Mm -hmm. Oh God. Yeah. It was one of those, just like it opened down the street. I'm like, I need something new. Let me go to these classes. And I would literally go, I would go for a six minute class and come home and like fall asleep on the couch. I was so tired and, you know, adrenally depleted at that point too, like going through things with my thyroid. Um, And, but then I'd be in class and like pushing and pushing and then my my recovery is actually really really good, so my my recover recovery rate was good. And then for anybody listening, like with Orange Theory, they they put like your your numbers and your scores up on the board. So if like you're in the red zone, that's like the highest heart rate zone. And then I was like, I would get to that zone, but then like I'd recover really quickly. And they were like, No, this is this isn't good. Like you you need to push up. I'm like, No, like. I can't stay in a 60 zone for a 60 minute period right now. Like I, I need a, I need, <laughs> I need a breather. And then you would see the women who would come to the classes and call, and be obsessed with looking at that, you know, red orange zone. And, and then if they weren't in it, they would push themselves even harder. And then they would show up day after day after day. And like, I was going there for three months and these women, like they weren't losing weight. 
Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. <laughs> no. And and it sucks because you see that and you're like, oh my God, I'm not, I'm not in the zone. Like, what's wrong with me? Oh my God. You know, and then you think you have to train harder. And then yes. you see, and for, for us folks that are in our 40s, we see the 20-somethings, you know, killing it. And we're like, <laughs> I'm gonna do that. Like, yes. oh, I'm not letting her beat me. You know, I mean, it's so that mentality you get yes. into that like competition mentality. You're like, oh my God, what is, yeah. what is happening? Oh, totally. Orange theory is a great concept if they dialed it in. Yes. If they dialed it in, it's amazing. Yeah. So yes, for those of you ladies who are out there and maybe you are going to Orange Theory or you've got a gym that's starting to look at heart rate, just think about it for a minute. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. Going on and, and play with it. Like I said, I, I gave you kind of like a template. And, and if, if you want, I can give you the template for the podcast notes of awesome. how I break it down for folks, because it's, it's, it can be manipulated to whatever type of workout you do, whether you're a Peloton rider or something of that nature, you Great. can adjust it. Awesome. Yeah. I love that. And with Orange Theory specifically, like because I was going there pretty regularly, I I created such a great relationship with all the trainers there. And I would literally tell them before, I'm like, I'm going to be in the corner doing my thing. Mm-hmm. And you just, you just let me do my thing. <laughs> and like, you know, I just had to set the stage because I'm like, I want to be here. I want to use the equipment. I love the rower, you know, but I, I'm just going to do it in my own way. So can't just like leave me alone. And they were totally cool with that. And it was totally great. It was great because I had to really honor how my body was feeling. And I'm like, I'm not here to compete or like, you know, get these numbers up. So yeah, you know, and that might be a suggestion too for anyone listening. If you're going to Orange Theory or any classes like that, like let talk to your trainers, like let them know where you're at and how you're feeling. And so that they could really support you is really, really key. Because chances are they want to help. They just don't know if you don't tell them. Yes. So I think it's, I think it's important to look at that. Plus if anyone's had, so the conditioning that I'm talking about, the the template, it's called BioForce conditioning. If anyone's had that certification, you know, you can ask, ask trainers if they've had that because that is a training certification. Awesome. Okay. I love that. Yeah. Well, we would love to see a template and I can definitely put it up in our show notes. That would be fantastic. So I'd love to chat, just switching gears here a little bit about cupping, because I know that this is something that you offer, something I have not experienced yet. Uh, We've had definitely some listeners ask about it. So I'd love for you to dive into it and just share what it is and how it could benefit somebody. Yeah. So cupping is, you've probably seen, you know, some people have seen the the circle marks on folks and wondered like, what did an octopus attack them? Like what (laughs) in the world went on there? And, and what it is, 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 is the use of suction to bring blood flow to a broad superficial area of tissue and muscle. So skin and muscle. And what it does by bringing blood flow there, we're now getting nutrients in that weren't necessarily into that muscle and hydrating that muscle and the skin tissue. Because most of us, if we're armadilloing because we're stressed out, we've got some lovely knots on the top of the shoulders. Mm-hmm. And and <laughs> they're, they're easy to find. I can pretty much just poke right there and most people have them. But it's on the top. We've got other ones in between the shoulder blades on the inside of the shoulder blades that can cause trouble too. And so what happens is they become dehydrated. It's kind of like beef jerky. They don't get the nutrients to, to the muscle and tissue. So what cupping does is we use suction. So you can use a pumping device to suction with the cup, or I prefer flame pyro in me. I don't know. Um, (laughs) 
you you light a cotton ball on fire, you put it into a cup, and then you put it right down onto the skin. And yes, there's a chance for blistering. Yes, there's a chance for, for that stuff, but it's minimal. Have I done it to people? Yeah, I have. It happens. But few and far between. But it is something that you can use to help more or less cheat. And, and, and I call it as a cheating mechanism because you're getting a whole bunch of blood flow to the superficial part of that muscle. So when you take that cup off, you can do myofascial techniques, massage techniques, or you can use needles and get a heck of a lot more response. Now, a lot of people will ask me, like, am I taking out toxins when I do cupping? Is it, you know, am, am I pulling things out of the body? I'm pulling stuff to the surface for sure. Could I get the body to sweat something out? Yeah, potentially I could. What we're really doing though, is we're bringing circulation to the surface and calling the body to that particular area so that if there is pain, if there is a muscle or tendon or ligament that really needs nutrition, because most of the time that's the issue. The muscle's not getting fluid through it. The tendon or ligament's not getting nutrients because tendons and ligaments do not have a lot of flow of nutrients to them. This is a great way to be able to, to get that to someone. Now, is it worth it to get the darkest marks ever and get like the lines and make right. someone look like they've literally went to battle? No, that that's extreme cupping. And for the gram, a lot of people will do that on Instagram just so right. you can see. But for most folks, that's not what we're doing. We're targeting certain areas where you've got knots, some hangups, some lack of mobility, because when we get blood flow through a muscle or tendon ligament, we can get more, more mobility in that area. But yeah, the, the goal isn't to come out completely purple, black with all kinds of marks all over you. It really is to get it targeted in a certain area. And you might have a cup mark that lasts for about a week or so but that is completely normal in that case. Awesome. Really, really cool. So who might benefit from cupping? Like your typical, like sitting at your desk for eight hours. Yeah. Who, who would yeah. really benefit? So pretty much I'm going to say anyone in a certain circumstance. So anyone who has the rounded forward shoulders, tech, neck, all of that, it can be extremely helpful to get the fluid to those muscles in the back. Now, the reason the muscles in the back tighten up and they hurt is because all of these are super tight pulling us forward. So these are the ones in the front chest part of you. They're locked short. And so they've got you like locked down. The ones in the back are actually locked long. So they scream more to your brain that something's not right. When they're locked long, you don't want to be doing all these crazy movements with the cup in the back. You actually want to target the connections of the tendons, ligaments, and muscles so that you can help those muscles to relax from that stretch long state. Because if you keep doing too much massage and stuff, it's going to be quite sore and painful to, to folks. So that's a good case in it. I also do recommend cupping. If someone's got an upper respiratory kind of infection and you feel mm -hmm. like something's stuck in the lungs, you can put the cup static on the back and even on the chest right here, um, the front of the chest to help open up the front and back of the chest, because what it's going to do is get a whole bunch of blood flow specifically to the lung area and help just circulate. So you can get the junk out, help the body have nutrients to fight the infection that's in the chest cavity. So I love it for that. I love cups for relaxing too. Because when you put cups on someone's back, you're also on either side of the spine, you're, you're connecting in with the parasympathetic and, and the sympathetic nervous system for that matter, but you're giving a stimulus that's actually chilling a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I do do it for just stress, just all the way down the back. And, and it's really wonderful for that. So 
pretty much everyone qualifies unless they have like a really big gash on their back. We're not going to cup something like that. Sure, if there's sure. a lot of numbness in an area, you don't want to cup that particular area. You want to go to other areas that might be contributing. So those would be my big, like you wouldn't want to do it in that case. Good to know. So just speaking about like circulation overall, being that it's, you know, COVID and more people are working from home, we're sitting a lot more, so we're not really getting that blood flow and there's a bit more restriction because we're sitting a lot. What are some sort of simple everyday suggestions for boosting circulation and, and why is it even important in the first place? Yes. So circulation in, in the first place, it's the root of, of, I call it the root of all evil. If we don't have blood flow moving, we're going to have cold hands. Like think about if you, if you sat on your hands for a while, or if you sat on your leg, you know, you don't get the circulation going, you get that tingly sensation, your toes might go blue. It's not good, right? You're not getting oxygen to that area. And ultimately circulation is getting oxygen and nutrients to vital areas of your body. One of my most favorite ways really to get circulation moving is, is through play, but also some fluid movement. I talked about having the hula hoop in, in the house mm -hmm. and in the office and playing with that. But I also love Tai Chi and folks are super sticklers online about it. I think I have Tai Chi coming out. It might've even came out today. I think on my, on my Instagram, Instagram post, yeah, I, I think it. it is today. <laughs> so it's me doing Tai Chi to rap music because I don't want people to think that Tai Chi has to be like, so like you put on your Asian music and you got to do it right. Right. It's really just kind of feeling flow within the body because we all have our own groove. Like you want me to teach a Zumba class, you will laugh your butt off because I have no skills in that department. But Tai Chi, I can feel my own groove. I can feel what feels good in my joints. Right. So what I usually have people do with circulation is really to take their two hands and, and to feel in between your fingers and see if you can feel your energy field mm. in between your hands. It's just kind of like a little thing to play with. And it takes a little bit. You got to slow down to do it, which... I'm, I'm secretly <laughs> getting you to slow down. Okay. And then after that, you will start to feel like some connections between your fingers and your palms. And you can feel like you almost have a ball in between there. And then what I like folks to do is just play with that ball. See what you can do with that ball as if you're exploring it. And, and if it's like a bowling ball and you're kind of pushing it to one side, you're pushing it to the other side, you're pushing it up, you're pushing it down. This kind of motion, fluid motions, like you're almost like you're doing the, 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 what do you call it? The, the Hawaiian moves. The, oh, oh right. God, I think of it. Yeah, there's there's right. a term for it. Sorry, sorry, anyone who's Hawaiian, I can't think of the name I can't right think now. Of any like, all I can think is a luau, but that's that's not the thing. Yeah. <laughs> but like wave movements and and just wiggling, like wiggling works well. And for when you're sitting at the desk for so long, I will have folks like just kind of move the shoulders, jiggle, wiggle, put some music on. You know, just kind of feel your body, feel it kind of move in in a motion that that feels good to you. And so kind of swaying, you know what you would do with music, twisting to the right, twisting to the left slowly, of course, to try to open up the body. Another great way is moving every single joint. So, you know, nodding the head, turning the head, moving your fingers, moving the wrists, elbows, and go down the whole line. On, on Instagram, I have like a little like grease your joints from head to toe <laughs> video that literally I will do, I do it before I get out of bed, but I'll do it a couple of times during the day just to kind of hydrate everything. Right. And doing a little twisting and bending, it, it helps. We, we don't move laterally very often. We move forward backwards. And right. so thinking of ways you can kind of sway and wiggle and 
do things back and forth. So something, something you can have fun with and, and playing with Tai Chi, like don't get serious with it, folks. You, I mean, it, you can, if you want to, but right. uh, it's actually quite fun to just feel your body and, and sway around with it put on your favorite kind of music. Don't have to do the Asian stuff. I love that. Yeah, that's really, really great. Well, we will be sure to put all of that in the show notes and then they can find you on Instagram and watch some of those videos and, <laughs> and your Tai Chi video. That would be awesome. And so before I let you go, I would love to know what some of your non-negotiables are for your everyday health and wellness. Oh man. Number one, I have to work out. I absolutely have to work out. It's not always going to be hit workouts, as I've already mentioned. Right. I have to do something to move my body every single morning. And it, it is a non-negotiable since I was a kid. In fact, I married my husband because he was the only guy that didn't bug me about my morning workout <laughs> and would actually join me on it. So that is, that's number one for me. And, and number two is good food, quality, good food. I don't like processed stuff. I tend, you know, absolutely, if I have to absolutely eat out, I will, but it, it's mostly the stuff that I'm going to be making myself. And, and if I can grow it myself, even freaking better. Amazing. And then my third non-negotiable is really, I need to have fun. I need to have fun every single day. I need to slow down, take a break and have fun. And I am a goofball. If you go to Instagram, you will see I'm, <laughs> I'm silly, but I, and that's me. This is what you get. But fun is always got to happen somewhere in the day. Cause otherwise, if you don't have fun, What's life about? What are you here totally. for? Oh, well, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing those. I love those. And where can our audience connect with you? You can find me at drjkrausnd.com. That's my main website. Or Dr. Just Dr. Janine, J-A-N-N-I-N-E, Kraus, K-R-A-U-S-E. That's over at Instagram. I do have a Facebook group that's called The Health Fix that goes along with my podcast. So I kind of take the conversation from the podcast over into the group. And those Amazing. are the main spots you can find me. Amazing. We'll, we'll have that available for everyone. And thanks so much for being with us today. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. It was fun. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you so much, ladies, for tuning in to our episode today. If you want to learn more about Dr. Janine Krauss, you can head on over to her website, drjkrausnd.com. And you can also follow her over on Instagram at Dr. Janine Krauss. She posts lots of great videos over there. We were talking about her Tai Chi video, which you can definitely find over there and learn more about her and connect with her. We also did load up onto the website, which FYI, sometimes gets posted a day or two later than when this episode goes live. So I do apologize for that. So if you're looking for today's show notes, it might take a day or two to get up there on the website, but head on over to holisticwellness.ca forward slash episode 148. And you can grab the training guide that Janine was talking about and how she breaks up the different days of training and how you can incorporate that into your routine. It's a really great way to help support your body and manage stress and support hormones as well. So thanks again for being here with us. If you haven't left us a rating and a review, we so appreciate it. It helps our show to get more noticed with more women worldwide and really support them on their health and wellness journey. And we would really appreciate that. Thanks for tuning in. I'll chat with you all next week. Take care. Oh.